Good morning. This is the November 28th episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're talking about how Jim Crockett Promotions beat Vince McMahon to the punch yet again in 1985. If you tuned in a couple days ago, you heard a breakdown of the original Starcade in 1983 and how its closed-circuit broadcast idea became the outline for WrestleMania almost 18 months later and eventually led to the pay-per-view format. But what if I told you that Starcade 83 was not the last time Jim Crockett would come up with an idea that was immediately recycled by the WWF? It was on this day in wrestling history that the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions presented Starcade 85 The Gathering. And just like the original Starcade two years earlier, the 85 edition is significant for multiple reasons. Do you remember WrestleMania 2 in April of 1986? Do you remember how crazy it was that the show was taking place simultaneously from three different locations? Did you think that maybe three locations was overdoing it? Well, Vince clearly didn't, because after all, if you're going to hijack someone else's innovative idea, you've got to up the ante, right? In November of 1985, Starcade was broadcast from both North Carolina's famous Greensboro Coliseum and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. The event would see roughly 30,000 fans flip through the turnstiles between the two venues and once again was available via closed-circuit television to an even broader audience. The card began with Crusher Khrushchev and Sam Houston fighting for the vacant Mid-Atlantic Heavyweight Championship in Greensboro and alternated back and forth with each match until the main event in Atlanta saw Dusty Rhodes taking on world's champion Ric Flair. Starcade 85 was also significant for the fact that it was the first supercard event to feature the recently formed Four Horsemen. In late September, also at the Omni, Ric Flair retained the title inside a steel cage with a victory over Nikita Koloff. After the match, Uncle Ivan Koloff entered the cage and started a two-on-one beatdown of Flair. Dusty Rhodes, of all people, would make the save and chase the Koloffs away. How was Dusty rewarded? Well, as the cliché goes, no good deed goes unpunished. The Minnesota Wrecking Crew, Ole and Arn Anderson, made their way to the cage and along with Flair, gave Dusty a triple-team beating that ended with a diving knee drop and a figure four that quote-unquote broke Dusty's ankle. Tully Blanchard was added to the crew, J.J. Dillon would manage, and during a group promo in October, Arn Anderson serendipitously spoke the words that gave life to the greatest faction of all time. Arn would say, Take a good look at your screen right now, because never have so few wreaked so much havoc on everyone else. You'd have to go back in history to the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. It wasn't planned at all, but after the cameras cut away from the interview area, a 27-year-old Tony Schiavone looked at Arn and said, I think you just named your group. And for a change, Shivani was actually right. As great as each of these four men were in their own right, together they were nearly unstoppable. And maybe that togetherness was the missing ingredient at Starkey 85. While Ole and Arn retained the National Tag Team Championships in Atlanta, Tully lost the U.S. Heavyweight title in a steel cage I Quit match to Magnum TA in Greensboro. But while the Horsemen would spend plenty of time draped in gold as a unit, Priority One was always protecting the World Championship. So the night could be salvaged as long as the Nature Boy left Atlanta with the 10 pounds of gold. Dusty was looking dapper in his white satin jacket over his simple black trunks and cowboy boots. The Nature Boy was resplendent as always, 
in a white robe bedazzled with purple sequins and jewels to go along with his purple trunks. Dusty took control early. More than once, a small flurry of strikes led to Flair rolling out and regathering his thoughts. But Flair would get things back on track with a couple of kicks to the previously injured left leg and ankle that got Dusty to roll out and limp around a bit, just in case the fans had forgotten exactly how we got here. So Dusty rethought his game plan and decided to return the favor, grinding on the champ to get into the canvas, then working on Flair's legs to take away his favorite weapon, the figure four. About 13 minutes into the match, Dusty rears back with a right hand and makes contact with the ref's face on his backswing before following through and landing on Flair. As the ref stumbles around, Flair tosses Dusty out of the ring, but the big man comes back in with a not terribly high crossbody that collapses onto Flair into a pinning combination that could have scored two three counts if the referee had been in position. But delayed by the glancing blow seconds earlier, the tardy ref only slaps the canvas twice before Flair kicks out. Dusty knows that might have been his moment. Rhodes is pissed, and Technique goes out the window in favor of fists. He drops the champ after more than a dozen fists to and about the head. In his anger, though, he tries to literally kick Flair while he's down, but misses his target and makes contact with a turnbuckle. The pain takes Dusty off his feet, and Flair resumes the assault on his target. The figure four is locked in, but Dusty turns it over, forcing Flair to release. The ref takes another bump, this time sending him all the way to the floor. The horsemen quickly take advantage as Arn slides in, but meets with several boots from Rhodes and is dispatched. Then Ole comes from behind and catches Dusty with a jumping knee to the back that drops the big man. A new ref slides in just in time to count Flair to a two count, but Dusty kicks out. Flair can't believe it. He pulls Dusty to his feet by his hair and goes for a scoop slam, but Dusty counters into a small package for the roll-up and the win. We've got a new champ. A handful of wrestlers, including superstar Billy Graham, hit the ring to celebrate. There's clearly a thought to get Dusty on their shoulders, but that one passes quickly. Cut to the locker room moments later, and Dusty is getting his champagne shower and cutting a promo about how this one's for the people, Daddy. Because when we fight hard, no one can take that away from us. Except, someone could. And that someone was referee Tommy Young. Starcade 85 The Gathering went off the air with a celebration of a new champion, but the next day, the decision was changed to a disqualification due to the interference from Arn Anderson. While Dusty kept the W, Flair got the belt back. And this brings us to the last point of historical importance for Starcade 85, because while it certainly wasn't the first instance, it remains perhaps the most glaring example of what would come to be known in wrestling jargon as the Dusty Finish. This is the nickname given to the finish of a match that seems to grant a victory to one wrestler, only to have it overturned. Not only was Dusty one of the most famous victims of this phenomenon, but he would go on to rely on it heavily in his own booking style. And like many things in the wrestling world, it would evolve and change slightly to become something of an umbrella term to signify almost any kind of curious ending to a match. To this day, if you watch an Impact product on YouTube, whether it's the weekly BTI show or a pay-per-view countdown match, there's always a poll running in the chat box. Who do you think will win this match? And the options for a one-on-one -on -one are always wrestler A, wrestler B, or a dusty finish. And it all goes back to the Starcade event that took place on this day in wrestling history, November 28th, 1985. Well, that's our show for today. 
If you'd like to continue the conversation about Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, or Starcade 85, I encourage you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling news show or just search Daily Wrestling News Show. Either way, click join and we'll let you in to talk about Flair, the Horseman, or any historical wrestling topic. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you right back here for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.